This podcast was recorded live on December 16th at 10.30 p.m. Things may have changed since the time of this recording. Please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Samori, and the fellas are here for another episode of SJH Man Cave. We are live on Facebook and looking forward to another fantastic conversation. You can follow our Facebook page at SJH Man Cave and our Facebook group at SJH Podcast Family to get notified when we are going live and engage in discussions we have throughout the week. You can see this and other videos on YouTube at SJH Man Cave. And with all that being said, let's dive right in. And before we get started, I want to let all of our listeners know that this will be the last podcast of the year. We're going to take the next couple of weeks off to rejuvenate and prepare for the holidays and spend time with our families. So we will be back um, recording an episode live on January 6th. And then the next episode will release on Spotify on January 13th. So um, we're definitely looking forward to this break, but we're also looking forward to getting back to you and getting back to having these wonderful conversations. And with that, how was you all's week? And Jason, I think I'll start with you. Uh, as always, it's usually just a hard working week for me. Uh, nothing real big other than the fact that uh, I know a few folks, I started up my CrossFit stuff on Monday. And, uh, it's been an experience. Uh, the first, the, these first couple of, uh, sessions I've been having, I've been talking with my coaches. They have me on kind of just a refresher for the next five days. So it was just one-on-one situations that they, they put me in. So, uh, the, the owners is a, a lady named Kelly and her husband, Jared. Uh, so I work with, uh, Kelly on Monday. I guess what she would call it would be taking it easy on me, <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great because I'm out of shape. But uh, I went all in. I did as best as I could, and you know I made it through. And then I went again this morning, and uh, yeah, I was with Jared today, and uh, yeah, he he called it taking it easy on me too. And uh, he had me doing a lot of stuff that I didn't think I could still actually do. So I was actually kind of surprised with myself and very much motivated in it. So I, uh, you know, we sat down and we talked a little bit after we did my workout and everything. And he put me on to some stuff and he's working with me on a couple other things. And uh, he basically was like, I'm making you my personal project. I said, oh, well, sounds like I'm going to get some attention. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I guess I was like, I tell you what we'll do. You can take a picture of me now, shirt on or shirt off. I, or you can have somebody else do it. However you, however you feel about doing it. And you can throw me on the website. Hey, this was due when he started. And then uh, this is him now. So if I come out looking anything decent, you know what I mean? Shoot, just make sure you knock down some of the price on this membership and stuff since I'm bringing in the people for you. As that it came and got into shape and wasn't knocked off all this weight. Like, this is what iron, this is what they did for me. And I can sit there and be smiling all on the website and stuff. <laughs> so it was real cool, man. Like, uh, I went in, like, I, I just been trying to get my mindset together and trying to, like, just do certain things right. Uh, I'm still working on the nutrition part of it. You know, I'm not, I'm not eating how I should. And then I'm paying for it every time I go. So, like, every time I go, it's definitely for a reason. 
So we're going to start working into like getting the nutrition and stuff together. He's going to be putting a plan together and stuff for me. And uh, I'm going to start trying to shop and eat healthy and all that other good stuff and hopefully start seeing the results once I get into this stuff a little bit deeper. So I got three more sessions before I jump into one of the classes. You know, they, they've been real supportive where they're like, you know, like for me, since I don't have a lot of range and stuff right now of movement and everything until I can like start getting used to doing the workouts and everything again, they basically, they basically have like alternatives to certain things like burpees. You can, you can do certain things that that's, you, you don't have to drop to the floor. You know, you can grab a box or something like that. They, they make alternate ways for you to do the burpee so you can still get the workout in. And then Absolutely. you can set that as like little small goals to get to the point where you can do it like you normally would. So and they need alterations so that they can get money from the fat people. Exactly. They don't want just fit people coming in there. Exactly. Because my yeah. big boy company is like, you want me to do that? Look, yeah, I got to draw the line somewhere. You're talking about going and working out and you're talking about eating right. That's where I draw the line. What am I doing all this work, all this physical activity for, and I can't eat what I want? You know, that's where I got to say that just don't work for me. Uh-uh. You know, I want my double cheeseburger if I'm going to do all these sit-ups, burpees, or whatever. <laughs> to be honest with you, that's the level that I'm trying to get to. Like, I realize my weight has to come down, right? Like, I'm at a weight that's unhealthy. But once I get to a certain weight, what I really want is to have enough regular physical activity that, you know, I can't go crazy every day. But I want to be able to, like you said, eat a double cheeseburger and not feel bad about it, not wonder about all those calories, because I'm like, hey, I'm going to work it all off over the next couple of days anyway, so it's all good. I don't have to worry about that. I'm not trying to live that every single thing I eat is is green and the lowest possible quantity lifestyle. I'm, I'm not interested. Gentlemen, that's a great thought. I'm in day two. <laughs> okay. I'm in, I'm in, for the last two years, I've been eating cheeseburgers and everything I've wanted to eat. And that's gotten me to this point. So if I go to the gym, work out, and then go eat a cheeseburger, it pretty much sets me right back to day one. <laughs> brother, brother, we, we tell, telling you about the end goal, all right? We understand you focused on the here and now and what's in front of you. We want to make sure that you know that, hey, way out there on the horizon is this point that you should be keeping in your mind and actually try to get to. That's all. That's all. So what you're saying is is a goal that I need to set is that day I could just go eat a double cheeseburger and won't have to feel bad about it. Okay. Holler at me in a couple months then because I'm way, I'm way from that goal. This is day two. We'll we'll bring this conversation back up again in March. There we go. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good. But to reiterate what uh, I said last week, really happy for you, man. Really hope you're able to uh, stick with it and keep going. I, you know, I want you to be able to get back to that good feeling you talked about when you felt like you were really taking control of your health and taking control of your life. So it's good yeah, to see you taking those steps. I'm all in. Shoot, hopefully this pandemic start coming down. Maybe I can get you and Hudson and whatnot just to come on over to the gym and watch me. Y'all can come and hang out. We go do something after. Maybe when that goal is, you know, we can go out and have a cheeseburger or something like that after I come from the gym. <laughs> maybe they might want to convince y'all to try and come in. Maybe I can show you some of the stuff I've done 
Maybe I can get y'all in there. I get me a little discount on my membership. You know what I'm saying? Not, not that I'm looking for any reason to just get money shaved off of my membership. But, you know, I'm just saying, you know, I want y'all to come on out. You can hang out with me and see how I do. Hey, supposedly they vaccinated around, what, 20,000 people? So um, we're slowly but surely we're getting there. Well, shoot, apparently they didn't cut, they didn't cut, they didn't cut the, uh, the, what, the, the vaccine in half. And what they was uh, supposed to be bringing to uh, the states, they were oh, originally really? dropping off eight million, and some for some reason the federal government went and cut it in half. Well, I just happened well, to see that in passing on the news. I ain't sure why, but whatever we get, hopefully it'll start making a difference. It'll happen sooner or later. It'll happen. Uh, Hudson, what about you, brother? How was your week, man? Uh, my week was good. You know, I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta learn how to talk sometimes because. You know, I had I had my girls and and you know my 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 kids, and you know one of them was was doing some stuff. You know, the oldest one, and apparently, the, apparently this is not a compliment. I guess it came out the wrong way. You know, so be careful if you ever say to your child while while the mother is within earshot, be careful of saying that this phrase. Um, you know, you acting just like your mama right now. You know, be careful <laughs> saying that. You know, it's not the compliment that it's meant to be. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta be cautious when you say certain things there. You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, why wouldn't a mama want their girls to act like them? You know, I mean, I'm just saying. So, was that meant as a compliment though? <laughs> Hey, what she was not. doing was absolutely was it, not. Was it called for a compliment? Hudson could not possibly have expected that would have been taken as a compliment. So moving on, right? So you know, so <laughs> for the rest of our week, right? So, so you know, I'm Mr. Petty. Y'all know that. I'm 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 a hmm. petty man, and I use my pettiness to keep me entertained throughout the day and throughout the week sometimes because some things I set up in order for it to happen hours later or days later. Like this particular thing, I set it up for hours later, right? You know, so, and this is some advice for any of the other fathers out there that got babies still in diapers, right? Because I still got a child still in diapers, right? So sometimes... When my daughter, she takes a little poopy, you know, that's what we call it. You're doing the little poopsies, you know, I take it. And if it's a, like, okay, if I'm about to take out the trash, right, I just put the diaper in the trash and I'm, I'm going to take it out anyway, like right now. But let's say the trash is almost empty. So, you know, I don't want to put the dirty diaper in there because my wife is working very close to where that trash area is. So what I do is I take it, I put it in a Ziploc bag, and I zip it up so that that keeps the aroma from reaching her. So let's say I'm feeling extra petty on 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 a certain day, and I you know I want a little entertainment. So I'll take the bag right, and I'll totally forget that I did this until you know she gets mad about it. Instead of ziplocking it all the way, I ziplock it most of the way. And I leave a little space open so that a little tiny whiff just keeps getting out and getting out. And, you know, just just all of a sudden, it'll culminate until a few hours later, 
I'll just hear out of nowhere, it smells like shit in here. <laughs> and, 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 and all the way in the living room. <laughs> I just start laughing, like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe something coming through the vents, maybe the sewer is backing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. You know, and I'll play this off for like an hour or so <laughs> until until she just gets fed up with it. <laughs> and I'm sorry, it's just the funniest wow. thing ever. It, I, I'm Mr. Petty. It's what wow. I do. So, you know, take advice from me if if you are also petty and want to just, you know, <laughs> you know. drive your wife crazy. <laughs> Yes, oh, the question I have. <laughs> and I, I was, I was, yeah. So what did she do to deserve the pettiness? Was it just <laughs> you just being that? Had she said yes. something to you beforehand? Yes. Was she no. like, when you get that type of no. change, you make sure you zip it up? So did she, she didn't did she do, do anything? anything. <laughs> she didn't do anything to deserve it. In no. fact, she was actually especially nice and sweet to him that morning. <laughs> and he just decided to be petty anyway. Guaranteed. She did absolutely nothing to deserve this. <laughs> Conventionally, did she do anything wrong? Conventionally, in the conventional manner, in the definition of doing something wrong? No. You know? But, you know, let's say, you know, you remember a few weeks back, I said, you know, hey, what's up with if you already taking the garbage out and the door open, you know, and she tell you, ooh, close that door, it's cold. Like I know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm taking a garbage out. You think I'm just leaving the door open for for kicks? Of course, I'm gonna close the door. You know, I, I remember that. I remember it, that. Yes. You know, it'd be stuff like that, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay, just how we doing today? Okay." <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like Michael Jordan, where you know, I just go, "Okay, okay, you just gave me a reason." <laughs> so, wow, but that was. But did that happen this time? That's what I'm trying to find out. Did he do that to you again? I already gave you the answer. He's avoiding it because he doesn't have anything to say that's going to make him look good. Is that a callback for when she pulled it the last time? Is that what happened? No. No. He just, he just talked about that bullshit about the door and cold air to make it seem like all of this makes sense. That hey, there, there's a there's a throughput, there's a line that makes it all connect. No, no, he's just he's just petty. He's just absolutely petty, even towards the woman who loves him and the mother of his children. And that is it's for no good to. reason. Blame <laughs> and all that. And today and what she did today, tomorrow or didn't do. You know, this whole relationship is fluid and it and it's gonna travel all <laughs> so you know, I'm not gonna bog myself down with details of what happened today or or tomorrow as as some sort of bog myself down something or not do something. I mean, that's just not how it works, you know. This is fluid. Wow. You know, see my hand? <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. I need you to stop moving your hands like that. Let that go. <laughs> Let that go. Thank you. What you Thanks. need right now is if we if we had the rights to the music, all you would hear is, I got to be me. 
That's the only fluid I've seen to this whole thing. Hey, I, I am who I am. So this is the, she, she, she the one who she, she the one who had babies with me. She the one who wanted to marry me. So that's what it is. You gonna deal wow. with me on everyday basis. It's just what it's gonna be. I'm feeling petty today. Why did I wake up petty? I don't know. <laughs> but I tell you what. But I tell you what. You gonna feel this pettiness? I promise you that. Watch what I do with the Ziploc bag and this diaper. Watch what happens. Wow. <laughs> oh my god! Wow! Oh wow! Awful! Oh, all right, absolutely well, awful. Oh, my week's been pretty good. <laughs> happy to hear it, us. Very happy to hear. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about uh, my week. I was about to say, what about your week? Right. Um, and actually, this is going to be a little bit long, so I apologize. But mm-hmm. I really, really wanted to cover uh, this. There's a couple of things that happened this past week. My family's all good. Everything for this past week with us has been nice and boring, just the way I like it. So let's talk about some things that have come up in the news. Um, first thing I want to talk about is Anjanette Young, um, which I think is a story in Chicago that's going to have ramifications for quite some time. So let me give a recap in case you're not in Chicago or not sure what's going on. Angie Young came home, uh, got completely undressed to change into her pajamas, and her house was raided by the police. They forced her to stand in handcuffs naked. Um, At first, they... Uh, at first, she was completely naked while these 12 white men all walked around and around her. Then finally, one of them threw a blanket over her shoulders. But of course, she's handcuffed, so she can't hold the blanket so that it actually covers her. So it's just kind of draped over her shoulders. And then finally, one of them uh, walks over after, you know, about 10, 15 minutes of this nonsense, walks over and actually holds the blanket closed so that she's not just standing there naked. And after 20, 25 minutes of this, they finally uh, accept that they found the wrong house and they allow her to, they take the handcuffs off and allow her to clothe herself. There's body cam footage showing a large portion of this entire exchange. There's also body cam footage of a police officer going back down to the squad car and basically saying that somebody at headquarters screwed this up and that they were sent to the wrong address. The problem is, really, to be honest with you, they weren't sent to the wrong address because the person who they were looking for had an ankle monitor. So they didn't need to go to an address. They didn't need to do a raid. They knew exactly where this fool was. And just even a small amount of research would have revealed this. Now, this incident occurred in early 2019. This lady has been fighting since then. I thought it was 2018. No, I I believe it's 2019. They said it was two years. Well, 2019 would would be two years shortly. It's like February 2019. So, yeah, by February, it's going to be two years. Long ass time. Right, exactly. Long, Long time, long time, right? Um, And all this time she's been fighting to get access to her body cam footage. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because she wants the story out. She doesn't care that she's standing there next. She's like, I want everybody to see this, mm -hmm. and I want I want an explanation. I don't give a damn. <laughs> and so she got access to this footage finally, and she gave it to a news station so that they could release it and there could be a full wide discussion about it. Now, supposedly, not only has Lightfoot's office, because understand that Lightfoot came into, um, supposedly this occurred in February 2019. Lightfoot came into office April 2019. So even though the actual incident occurred before she came into office, the, admini the administration that has been fighting this and it is basically giving this lady hell is hers, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, so all this time, they have been fighting against her request to have the footage. Um, they attempted to um, file an injunction against the TV station that wanted to air the footage. And then they attempted to sanction um, Anjanette Young. Uh, to basically punish her for providing the footage to the TV station. Now, I, I say, let me back up and say all that's alleged, all right? And I say it's alleged based upon Lightfoot's comments today, which we'll get into uh, in a second. But before we get to what Lightfoot said, I, I, I want to make it clear that if this is all true and it all lines up, Right. And this is what is being reported, not only by that TV station, but also by the Chicago Sun-Times and some other major publications in Chicago. This is basically line for line exactly what Rahm Emanuel did with Laquan McDonald. All right. What, well, you know, horrific, something horrific happens to a black individual mm -hmm. and this person in power who's supposed to be defending the citizens and standing up for the people of Chicago instead does everything in their power to protect the police to the detriment of everybody else. And the whole reason why the black community was willing to line up behind Lightfoot and make her the first black woman who has been mayor of our city is because she's supposed to be different. She's supposed to be the first person in, in Chicago's history in that seat who was really going to stand up for the black community, institute some reforms and bring about change. And right now, it seems like she's copying the playbook of what many black people will say is the worst mayor Chicago has ever had. Now, she got, stood up at the podium and talked about this today. She said she had no knowledge whatsoever that this incident occurred or that her office was fighting it. All right. She said she found out about this uh, at the same time as everybody else when it came up on the news. The reporter asked her, how is it that you have monthly meetings with the police specifically about requests um, from the general public? regarding body cam footage and potential police abuses, how is it that this situation did not come up, especially considering that a, uh, a major news television station had access to the footage and it made it clear they were going to broadcast it 
and had a specific request from your office to stop that, to actually, it wasn't even a request. They tried to force them not to air the footage, right? Lightfoot said, I don't attend these meetings in person and that this information didn't get to me. If that's the case, everyone that has something to do, your, your, your police chief, uh, your lawyers, all these people need to be fired and you need to resign. If that's, so, if that's the case. So Lightfoot, when she came up there, she said, some of you might hear that my voice is hoarse. My voice is hoarse because I've been, basically she was like, I've been cussing out everybody that's involved in this situation before I got here and making it clear to them that this situation is unacceptable. But they all still got their jobs. Right? She was specifically asked, considering the nature of this situation, do you believe that anybody in City Hall is going to face punishment for this? Her response was basically no. What she said was, so first of all, let me back up a little bit and say that she still presented herself as a reformer mm -hmm. and said that, hey, we identified that there were issues with the way uh, warrants were being created and these raids were being done back in 2019. And that's why we asked for a full review and we put different laws in place to ensure that things like this did not happen, right? And basically what happened is these reforms were ignored and the same thing happened again. Lightfoot's response was, well, we've got to just make it clear to people that things like this are unacceptable, but then if they do it again, we'll have to have real ramifications. Shame on you. Shame, shame. Basically. Shame on basically, them. And you'll basically. have to learn your lesson so we know better next time. All you motherfuckers need to be fired. <laughs> I don't know who can fire mayor and shit, but her ass needs to be fired for coming up and saying that shit. If that's the case. That's, that's fucking ridiculous. It's wild, bro. I'm just thinking about the scene because I saw the story. I read a little bit about it. Basically, this woman is a social worker. And I, I look at this from a standpoint of just a single mother, a single person, single person. She's single. She was single. She lives in a home by herself. You come home from working with what a social worker does. I, I don't know what social, I don't know how social workers work, but I hear that they have stacks on stacks of stuff that they deal with on a regular basis. They work hard for shit pay. You come home, you come to your crib, tired as hell from a day of working all this shit. Trying to get yourself together, get to the crib, probably try. First thing you want to do is take your shoes and your shit off. I know that's how I am when I bring my ass home from work. I drop all my shit, my drawers, everything. Let me get in these pajamas real quick, fix me something to eat, sit my ass down in front of my TV and mind my business for the next couple of hours before I got to go do it again. And then you and then you see and then you see the footage of how they, they basically it's almost like the no knock warrants and shit. It's like police bang. You know what I mean? It's like, why they even bother identifying themselves and shit is funny as hell to me in these damn things. They, they they knock on the door, they're right after the knock and shit is police and the damn battering ram knocking your door in. And what's tripped out is, it took them some time to get this woman's door down. <laughs> they didn't just bash it on in. They, they was going at this door mm -hmm. for a while. And you sitting in your house naked and you don't know what the hell going on. 
Hell, it, I'm pretty well, and not to go back on the mother shit. It's a good damn thing she ain't have a gun, because if I heard motherfuckers knocking in my damn door, I would have been opening fire like a motherfucker. But of course, she would have been dead. Of course, killed and it all her defending herself, and it would have been her fault. Come on now. But you, and then once once these motherfuckers actually do bash in your damn door, you sitting there butt naked and shit in your house, while all these people run in searching through your shit, saying all this stupid shit. Just steady asking you questions. Why are you sitting there naked? And you and you're a female. You're a black female in the house. And I didn't see a black cop in there. I saw white dudes. Nope. I saw white cops the whole time. Now it ain't to say that it wasn't no black cops there, but in the video I saw, I ain't see one. No, 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 no. It's verified by news sources. It's twelve white men. The whole squad. I I I don't I can't imagine what this woman went through. That's crazy to me. That, that that makes no sense. And then and then, how much verification do you need? How how long do you need to talk to this woman for 20, 25 minutes while she's standing there with her clothes on to realize you done fucked up? Even if you needed the 25 minutes to verify that you fucked up, why does she have to be naked? Why is that necessary for you to be able to conduct this investigation? It's just not. And what's been repeated over and over again is, if this if that had been a white woman, if it had been some podunk white woman standing over there, they would have seen her as someone who needed to be protected and clothed. They would not have had her standing naked in handcuffs for that extended period of time. And and that's what frustrates me about Lightfoot's performance at this podium. It's like she pretends she'll say, I understand that there's this whole history of police abuse in black communities and that it's been, it, it's been happening for decades, right? Mm. But then in the, in the very next breath, you'll say, well, I don't want to punish anybody unless they do it again, as if this is a new situation like the first time, right? or it's a new problem that has come up. And so she was specifically asked, are any police officers going to be punished for this? And have any police officers been punished for this over the course of this, you know, over a year since this incident occurred? And her answer is, well, you know, COPA has to do their work. And COPA really, you know, it's really COPA's fault that they haven't come forward. Now, for those who don't know, COPA is, was it, uh, Citizens of Police Accountability? Something like that. Basically, it's the government office that is responsible for investigating these cases of police misconduct that directly relates to, you know, the general citizens, general population. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to investigate these situations and then come back with a um, recommendation to the mayor's office about this is what should be done based upon the facts of what's happened. The problem with what Lightfoot has said is the COPA investigation was delayed for nine months after this occurred. Like they didn't even do anything with this or investigate it for nine months. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that nine months, you have however much time it's taking up until now, and there still is not any sort of recommendation or verification of what's been going on. And all those cops, I guarantee you, are on the force, living their lives. It's all good. Mm -hmm. Nobody has faced accountability for this issue. And so I find the idea that nobody from City Hall is going to be punished and that all the blame needs to go over to COPA 
for why the police have not been held accountable in any way. It's completely, it's beyond the pale. Either you knew about it and you are the problem, or you were not informed and there are multiple people on your team whose heads need to roll. There's a bigger problem here. And and uh, it was alluded to, like it was a very small mention during the election this, this past time around. It was mentioned, it was very tiny. It was almost like a blurb. Uh, it was a little talk about how easy it is for a judge to sign a warrant without asking any questions or without caring about anything. And and um, it was such a small blurb that hardly anybody paid attention. And I'm willing to bet if I were to look back on it, most all the judges were reelected all over again in this past election. I'm, I'm willing to bet that's probably what happened, right? Now it's time that we really need to take a sit down. And and because here here's the honest truth of it. If the judge ain't going to look at it, the, the people under there, the people all through that process is not going to do what they need to do to make sure it's correct. I mean, that's the reason there's supervisors and managers at jobs. If you don't have them, the people that's doing the everyday work is just going to get into a mode of relaxation and they're not going to always follow through. And that's in most situations. So if the judge is not looking, not asking the right questions, not following up, on these warrants that go wrong, there's a key right there, is the judge following up on this warrant. After it went south, did the judge say, hey, I signed that thing. Did you give me false information or or what? Why, why is I'm hearing a woman was just standing there naked for 25 minutes? Y'all found nothing. Seemingly, you're at the wrong place. Why, why, why did you bring that to me to sign? And why is my name on this now? And so, so that, that, that right there needs to be, it needs to be a bigger issue at the time of election. And those judges need to go as signing these warrants. I think I, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I think part, part of the problem is that when you look at the reporting on situations like this, the judge's name never comes up. Like, I don't think the judge who signed off on Breonna Taylor's warrant I, I don't think I've heard his name before. And the judge who signed off on this warrant, I certainly haven't heard his name. I've read the Chicago Sun-Times and multiple other publications that have talked about this story. None of them have said, hey, here's the judge who signed off on the police being able to do this. And I guarantee you, if judges felt like their name was going to be in the papers, if they sign off on a warrant that for an arrest that ended up being botched, guarantee you it'd be a whole it'd be a whole different ball game mm. whole different ball game but even if even if the warrant was good even if there was a guy in there who they needed to get even if the raid needed to happen that doesn't change like let's say there's a guy there and his mom is with him they bust in the door they throw that guy down they put handcuffs on him why does his mama need to stand naked for 20 minutes after you've already, after you've taken care of this and secured the house? Like it doesn't make sense. So like it, it, it goes beyond that to the point of the police know they won't be punished. 
They know nothing is going to happen. And Lightfoot was supposed to be the mayor that was going to change that. And what terrifies a lot of people is that it seems like she's not only is she not that person, but she could very possibly basically be Rom and black skin, which would be incredibly crushing and heartbreaking. You know, accountability is a very slippery slope. So, so when you don't hold them accountable here, you know, I mean, who are you to hold them accountable there and there and there? So, so when you just letting this slide and that slide, now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, they're 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 probably in your office saying, "Yeah, we probably could have put some clothes on her," uh, but you know, to a bunch of men, it's no big deal. To right. a bunch of men, it's no big deal. And let's and let's be honest about who Roy Lightfoot is. Right, we have all seen photographs of her oogling while she's on a on a national stage, <laughs> while she's on on the news on a photo that's getting put everywhere. Oogling, you say, say she's just one of the boys. Exactly. <laughs> he is objectifying women just like a typical man would do, and he doesn't find it a bit deal either. So for her, it's not the same thought. And, and you know what, honestly, it never will be for a person who feels like that they're never going to be in the situation. You know, mm-hmm. that, 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 that person, that, that, um, that prison guard who is standing there and tells you to get naked so he could check you for contraband or, or weapons mm-hmm. or anything else when you're going right. on intake, you know, mm-hmm. he never thinks that he's going to be on the other side of that line. And so it right. becomes not a big deal to him. You're you're a little less than human in his eyes, and that's how he gets by. That's how he gets over. He doesn't look at you as human, so it's not a big deal for him. And that's how they do. Mm-hmm. They never think they're going to be on that other side. And so they don't yeah. care. They don't care. It's no big deal, right? Well, you were just naked. That's it. You know, you weren't <laughs> hurt, right? You know, because mm-hmm. psychological pain don't mean nothing, right? <laughs> I, um, Absolutely not. Let, let me shut up. <laughs> uh, you know, I was um, looking on Twitter at some of the comments about this. Jason Johnson, who's a MSNBC correspondent, uh, put out this article uh, talking. How did he put it? He was like, there hasn't been enough said about how across the country during these protests and during these Black Lives Matter attempts at trying to hold the police accountable, Black politicians have been a major force at working against them on behalf of the police and protecting the police when they are harming the community time and time and time again. And someone else also used that opportunity to bring back up the articles that came out when Mike Bloomberg announced his run for presidency and all those black politicians who came out in support of this man who basically instituted stop and frisk in New York City. And they're like, these people, they have your skin, but they don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all. Stop supporting these people just because they have the same skin as you. It doesn't mean they have your best interest at heart at all. And I'm afraid that that's the situation we're in with Lightfoot. 
Um, I, I don't feel like, you know, there are some people who feel like that's a done deal. Jamil Green is going off about her. Mm-hmm. Going off. He's made it clear. I am absolutely done. I'm not done. I think there's an opportunity for her to show that she is going to be the reformer that we expected of her. But without a shadow of a doubt, this has damaged her. This has damaged her and the confidence that the black community has in her in a very, very real way. And I don't know if she's going to be able to regain that confidence in time to be able to seek reelection. With regards to Lightfoot and, and, you know, whether there's hope, I mean, there's, I mean, with Jamal Green, I mean, he, he was a big fan of uh, Perry Winkle, if I recall. I, he never, he never endorsed Lightfoot. Um, But if, in seeing her handling uh, of all the uh, demonstrations, um, all the things that happened in the wake of, of George Floyd, the thing with the the Christopher Columbus statue, the you know, and everything that she's done with regards to law enforcement, even her her pick for the the new police chief, I just, I, I don't see it. it. It looks like same old with her when it comes to that, and I don't see her having any real. Uh, what's word for imagination when it comes to how to approach issues with law enforcement? I just don't see it. Um, you know, unless unless she changed from day one when she took office, and and the powers that be let her know you work for us now, and so she's just went. But you know, she hasn't shown any compassion to me as a black person. She hasn't shown any compassion to me as a woman, especially in this case. She has shown no compassion. And and I, I you know, I just don't I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I you know, maybe in some other aspects she's got some th- good things cooking, but I don't see anything with regards to law enforcement that she can do for us that's gonna be good. I don't see it. Right. We'll see, brother. We'll see. Um it's very it's just it's disappointing and unfortunate. I voted for Lightfoot, so I'm hoping she's going to turn it around. All right. Um, second piece of news that I want to bring up. Before I before I get to this, though, let me back up a little bit. Back in 2017, um, a new version of Craigslist came up. You know, I know a lot of people will remember Craigslist was basically a directory that you could use to basically buy anything that you could possibly be looking for. And it ended up being shut down because a lot of people were putting listings up there uh, providing sexual services. A couple of years later, Backpage came up and basically took its place. Well, Backpage got shut down and its owners were all thrown in jail. In fact, I think they're still in jail um, because they were accused of essentially being uh, pimps, you know, not directly pimping the, the, the girls, but allowing the advertisements of women who were being pimped to be put on the website. And they were uh, accused of having multiple instances where women notified them that they were underage at the time certain pictures were put up or that they were being trafficked. And they asked that content to be taken down and um, the owners refused to do so. 
They basically ignored them or told them to kick rocks. And so the police used that information to essentially say, hey, these people, no underage girls are being trafficked on their site and they could care less. We need to shut these people down and they probably need to go in jail. All of which I agree with. All right. There was a huge uproar when this occurred and saying, you know, you're harming uh, sex workers and you're, you're making it uh, more difficult for them to try to safely operate and things of that nature. I am all for sex workers being able to safely operate. I haven't heard any of the similar issues happening with OnlyFans as of yet. And it seems like it's a, a, a safe, stable place for them to make money. Lots, lots of love, lots of luck to them. I, I want these people, as I want everyone, to be healthy and safe and successful. But we cannot allow children to be to be trafficked. That's not something we could just we, we could just look over. Which brings us to present day and Pornhub. A couple of weeks ago, the New York Times came out with an opinion piece, basically saying that Pornhub was a um, massive uh, depository for underage content. Not only underage women having consensual sex, but underage women being raped, uh, or women in general having plastic bags put over their heads and tortured and raped and all sorts of uh, crazy things happening to them. And that Pornhub basically was doing nothing about it. And directly in the article, it states that, hey, PayPal recognized this and has ended their relationship with Pornhub. Why is it that MasterCard and Visa see this content that is being placed on the site and what's being allowed to happen, and yet they're still um, maintaining this relationship? Well, when that article came out, MasterCard and Visa <laughs> were definitely notified did their own investigation and came to the conclusion, I guess, that there was legitimacy to what was being said. And they ended their relationship with Pornhub, which, as far as I'm concerned, means that the vast majority of people cannot process a credit card payment on Pornhub. I understand that there are a few of you out there that have American Express. <laughs> Lots of luck to you. I'm glad Samuel Jackson and some of these other celebrities were able to dupe you into that. But the rest of us, the rest of us have either MasterCard or Visa. That's, that's just the way it is. <laughs> and I've never seen this before where the credit card companies basically just, uh, the only other example I can think of is WikiLeaks. I remember when WikiLeaks first came out with the videos of you know, what's what American soldiers were doing overseas and then to help stop them, credit their their accounts were frozen and credit card companies stopped doing anything for them. That's the only other example I can remember where a credit card company was just like, nah, you're good. So Pornhub in response to this has decided to completely change how they handle content on the site. From now on, you have to be validated in order to have information on the site, which basically means, from my understanding, you have to take a picture of yourself with the uh, piece of paper showing the day's date and send it to Pornhub administrators. And then they, uh, you basically become a verified account and you're allowed to put up content. 
they have purged all the unverified content from the site, which has taken their videos down from 14.7 million to a little bit under 3 million. So it is a massive change that I assume is probably going to spread to other websites who are going to be looking to try to do this before American Express and Visa or other companies decide to cut them off as well. I see this as more than likely a good thing. You know, again, no problems with porn, no problems with sex workers being able to, to do their thing and all that. I'm not a, uh, I don't know what, I don't remember what the word is when you feel like everything must be pure and, and, and acceptable for kids, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a purist. There we go. I, I'm not a purist. All right. I understand that some people live a different lifestyle than I do and they, and they deserve safety and peace as well. So I, I don't have an issue with that, but I do believe, especially when it comes to pornographic content, there has to be a standard. There has to be some level of responsibility about the people who are able to post this content. So um, I just thought that was interesting information. Brothers, any thoughts? I don't understand why people still paying for porn. I didn't already yelled about this a long time ago. I I, I don't know. I, I don't get that. I, I really don't understand it. Uh, we, we don't live in that that world anymore where, you know, it's hard to get. Or you got to wear like a hat with like a hood, or you got to go in with like the trench coat into the video store where you, you know, you know, you throw them porn boxes up there with some some nacho chips or some M um, <laughs> sit right here in your computer and you can just look at clips for free all day long. Right. Right. Now in regards right. to the content that they have on Pornhub, I mean a lot of that stuff that you do see on there is a lot of them homemade videos. That seem to be real popular nowadays, and I, I think that's, I think I think that's people kind of trying to take advantage. Like there are a lot of actors or actresses that are in porn that don't necessarily work for studios. They kind of like, you know, the video they own content and stuff like that, and then they filter through, you know, through these sites and stuff, and that's how they make some of their money, along with doing some work for studios and things like that. So. When you start right. seeing all that homemade stuff, you know, you kind of got to wonder to yourself, hey, is, uh, <laughs> did, did, number one, did the girl or anybody else know that you're filming? Because most of the time, they really don't look like you do. And then right. you really do have to question, like, the age of these people who are on these videos. And if Pornhub isn't doing anything to, you know, say verify the ages of these people, I mean... Technically, right. if this is what you've established as your hallmark of what you want to put out there content-wise is all this homemade stuff and people can download whatever videos they want onto your site, then that kind of makes you responsible. Yeah, I was reading an article earlier today, and one of the things they talked about was how much of a horrible experience it is being a moderator for Pornhub. Because basically you're spending eight hours a day looking at video up on top of video on top of video, trying to figure out the age. Yeah. <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to one figure out the age of the uh performer and then also trying to determine, you know, is this a a, a willing exchange? Mm -hmm. You know, at some times that there. 
Them them sixteen year old balls. I swear to you, them balls. Right, year old balls. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they talked about how you know some of these videos they are labeled as rape or as torture, but it's actually something where there's been an agreement beforehand that the woman is going to engage in it. So you're watching these videos trying to determine, okay, is she really being raped or is she just, you know, pretending or going along with the idea of being raped? So it's just stuff like that eight hours a day. So they're like the whole, the, the experience is so crushing. It's, it's absolutely hell on earth trying to be a moderator for Pornhub content. I mean, it, it, to me, it's it's a it's an easy fix for Pornhub, and and I mean, of course, you know, it, it's it, and it'll be no worse than than them having to purge eleven million videos. It, is that you? If you want to post on there, your information needs to be in their secure server, and then whoever's going to be in there, a willing participant, has to submit their information as well. I mean, it, if you're gonna be in it. You know, now you don't have to release that information in the video if you don't want. Right. I mean, that's that right. totally up to you. But Pornhub should have the database and have whoever is in there with a verifiable ID of their age. I mean, this, mm. this, is, this is this is not hard to figure out what they need to do. Now, if they want to take the time and the effort and, and hire the people or, or whatever to make that happen, I, I guess that's another story. But they should have the money at this point being as they've been around the block and had 14 million videos up. <laughs> I think, you know, I think that absolutely works when you're dealing with like a professional company, you know, especially one that's hiring actresses. But a lot of these videos and the people doing it, it's just amateur shit, you know? Like, so for some of these channels, the whole point is that they're meeting up with like a stranger. You know, it would be very difficult to try to, to try to institute something like that. But I mean, you might be right. Maybe that is what's necessary to protect the kids, to make to be absolutely sure that you're not trafficking kids on the site, which at the end of the day has to be the most important thing. Well, to protect anyone, because if I, if I get caught up in a random encounter, I mean, I should have some say on if it's posted on a porn hub or something. Absolutely. So, so even, even as a person of age, I should I should be able to say yay or nay if I want that on Pornhub. So, I'm sorry, right. if you don't have the person. If the person's gone and they can't, you can't provide an ID and them saying that they consent to this. Absolutely not. Your video doesn't go up. You know what? Uh, and now that I backtrack, I think you're absolutely right because I've seen a couple of videos before where the girl looks into the camera and specifically asks, hey, you're not going to put this up on any site, are you? Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, no, no. This is just for my own personal use. And I think to myself, that's fucked up. Yeah, whole lot. That's messed up. And it always yeah. goes up. That's yeah. true. It's always right. going up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I ain't putting it on nothing. Yeah, No, no. This is going... It's just going in my personal <laughs> service stores, girl. <laughs> Don't even trip. Come on. Right, right. Before yeah. hub gets off easy because all they have to do, oh, if they get a complaint, oh, we'll just take that one down. Or yeah, right. you can't blame us. You got to blame the person who posted it. So they try to avoid any lawsuit on their end. They take no right. responsibility. No, that, that so that's 
That um, that's actually one of the main criticisms that has been made of Pornhub because there was a time when you could actually download videos, and so the complaint was made that not only was Pornhub, you know, allowing this content to be put on their site, but they were making it so that anybody who was interested in it could download it onto their computers, and that also even when they were notified about videos, unlike Backpage, Pornhub would actually take those videos down but they would just come right back up, um, you know, a, a week or so later because they don't have their moderation and their algorithm is not advanced enough to either keep that content off the site or quickly find it and take it down. And so they came out with a statement when they removed all this content saying that now we have a stronger system for putting this content up than any other social media sites do. Because basically, if you're on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that, you don't have to be verified to put up content. Like, I'm not verified. I don't have a blue check mark by my name. But I still can put up a tweet if I want to. And so Pornhub is basically saying, we, we went that extra mile, and now you have to be verified in order to put up content. Nobody's doing it better than YouTube, frankly. All right, YouTube has an algorithm to the point that it immediately knows anything you put up. It, it scans your video and it just knows. It knows, excuse me, this is this is not going to work. Okay, all right, you could go ahead and pull this down now. All right, when somebody gets banned from YouTube, all their videos come down and they stay down. All right, it just is what it is. And Pornhub... I think it's probably going to have to get to that point where they can be absolutely certain, okay, this particular content will never be on our site again. Otherwise, they're going to just continue to have these problems. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but I think it'll be very interesting to see um, how that story continues to develop. Thank you, brothers. I appreciate hearing about um, all of your um, week. And now I wanted to get into, um, we wanted to do a year review, especially since this is our last episode of the year. It's a good time for reflection and looking back and looking forward. And so I wanted to start with what is each of our favorite episodes from this past half year that we've done of podcasting. And Hudson, I'll start with you. Uh, so my favorite episode will have to be our first live, uh, taping our first live, which was on September 2nd. Right. Um, and, and, um, our first live happened to be the, when chat with Bosman had uh passed and, and we kind of dedicated a, a large portion of the episode to discussing him. Um, you know, and I gotta say, it's still funny to me that Omari Hardwick, you know, started talking about, <laughs> hey, you know, we were in competition for a lot of the same roles. And I want to reiterate and repeat my sentiments from last time. No, Mr. Hardwick, <laughs> you have not been in any consideration for, for, for Black Panther, for, for Thurgood, 
for for Marshall. for for forty two. You you have not <laughs> been in any consideration for any of those movies. Let me tell you that right now. So so. <laughs> Um, you know, other things just to kind of give you a recap of that episode. Uh, besides, um, chat with uh, Bossman, it was uh, we discussed Kyle Rittenhouse, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, that that whole thing it just happened, and, and we had discussed him and and how uh, we didn't feel that hey, ain't nothing gonna happen to him, you know. <laughs> um, you know, what else did we discuss? Uh, we started talking about how we felt the tide of the election was turning where Biden was clearly the favorite to start with. That was at the point where we felt the election was kind of turning in, in Trump's favor. And, um, you know, and, and Trump made a, a hell of a battle out of it, in my opinion, from what I saw. Um, you know, and huh, we got lucky three months later and they finally got <laughs> votes. So, we got lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also talked about how they, they, they were talking about how the vaccine might be available as soon as October. At that point, they were talking about possibly having a vaccine by Halloween or maybe even a tad bit sooner. Um, so, um, you know, they they didn't follow through by October, but they, they, they're they definitely the first vaccines are starting to roll out right now. Um Slowly but surely. Yep. Whether you uh, whether you trust them or not, that's a different issue. I don't know. But, um, we we're also talking about how they uh, they haven't been able to pass a second stimulus bill or a second recovery bill. Uh, we we talked about that as well. And here we are, three months later, still trying to get a second bill passed. Um, and and actually, some more. You were dead on when when you said in that episode. <laughs> There ain't no way they're gonna come together on this bill. And sure enough, <laughs> later, we still don't have nothing. We don't know when or if anything's gonna happen here. Absolutely um, not. You know, uh, what else? Uh oh, <laughs> funny how we were talking about Pornhub, you know, in that episode as the one Jason shamed every anyone who was using only <laughs> I believe Jason's words were he told people to go find a gun. And kill them <laughs> if they were using. <laughs> I listened to that. That's that's, that's that. Um, yeah, all right, all right. There were also. I stand the, by my words. There were also. Uh, it was the beginning of the Joe Button and Charlemagne the God. It was the beginning of their little uh, feud uh, with Joe Button saying he wanted to do his own and own his own, and accused Charlemagne of just being, you know, a worker bee, just being a, a tool, pretty much. And they were going back and mm-hmm. forth in that regard. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, we talked about the Bears. And at that time, <laughs> it was the controversy of who was going to be the starting quarterback. That was the main topic of conversation. And, you know, <laughs> and, and it was, hey, you know, it was, it was me and Jason Primo saying, it's just like they're, they're, they're going to probably have to start Mitch at this point. You know, at the time, we had no, there were no preseason games, no real camp to really go off of. So we didn't see any, and plus with the way management lined up and, and them being on the hot seat, we saw no other way but them to start Mitch. And Samori was like, uh-uh, they need to start. They need to sit Mitch's ass down and, and you know, and all that. And really it's kind of played out, you know, it's played out the way 
we talked about, which was, hey, if Mitch screws up, they're going to give him the first few games. If he screws up, they're going to sit him down for Nick. And and that's exactly what ended up happening. Um, it, it happened in a very unconventional way. You know, I, I'm not sure how often a quarterback who's 2-0 and gets sit down. And But, I mean, I agree with the move, you know, because it was clearly that Mitch wasn't getting it. But, you know, um, here we are now. We've went through the Nick Foles thing. He got hurt, got sidelined again, and they went back to Mitch, and they seem to be staying with him now. Um, so Mitch is back in the driver's seat. Um, and, and actually in the past, well, we'll talk about the Bears later, but in the past few games, Mitch is actually – the offense has actually been showing some life. So hopefully it's some sustained improvement. Um, you know, so that, that was our, that was that episode. Um, you know, I got to say it's my favorite, you know, not for any of the topics that we talked about. <laughs> it was my favorite because mm-hmm. it was our first live. And, and that's, that's right. why it, it was my favorite. I, I feel like that we got over a, you know, because obviously we were nervous our first live. You know, will we freeze up? You know, will we, <laughs> you know, what are we going to do, right? <laughs> you know, are we going to be able to sustain it? Are we going to be able to do it? You know, and we ended up going for like two hours and two and a half hours. And and we didn't really miss a beat. You know, as far as amateurs go, we did pretty good, I would say. You know, right? So, you know, um, so I'm not tooting my horn like where, you know, Joe Budden and Charlemagne the God. I'm, I'm not tooting my horn like that, even though I think they should be giving us a call. But I digress. Um, I, it's my favorite episode because I, you know, I felt like we we uh, eclipsed something. You know, we we got over that hump of, of doing a live and we've been going live ever since. So uh, that's that's why. That's my favorite episode. Like I said, not for any of the subjects, even though I felt strongly about the chat with Bossman uh, passing. I, I will say during that episode, uh, I, I feel like the, the throughout this entire first season that we've had of episodes, my favorite joke from you came during that episode when you talked about Amari Hardwick being like the uh, car that the used car salesman presents to try to get the people to the real car. That is my favorite joke and analogy that you have presented this entire first season. It was absolutely spot on. It was incredibly insightful. And I had multiple people uh, ping me a- after the show to, to let me know, yo, that was crazy <laughs> when, he, uh, when he said that. And I absolutely agree with him. So awesome. Jason, uh, what about you, brother? What was your favorite episode from this past year? Well, I'll be perfectly honest with you, man. It's, since we started this whole thing, like it's, all of them feel like our babies. You know what I mean? We we got some of my kids that act bad, and we got some of my kids that was real good. And you know, I I've I've personally just enjoyed what we've done over the last six months. Has it been six months? It's been six months, man. We got we got twenty episodes on the website. This is awesome. It's hard to try and pick out one because if folks haven't noticed in this particular podcast. 
there are gentlemen, a part of this uh, podcasting crew, who are very well knowledgeable. And there are those who are not. <laughs> I get my information from these two gentlemen the majority of the time. So when they hit me with a subject and I can go into it and I can have a conversation with them about it, I feel pretty good about myself, or at least I can pay attention enough where I can at least get enough, enough information to make a decent statement. In that, uh, like I say, like for the last 20 episodes that we've done, I enjoyed them all, but I think my, <laughs> I believe my favorite was telling you guys about uh, the farm, quite honestly. <laughs> uh, especially just that first episode, that first one we did, my, my part one uh, about the cows and everything, just you guys' reactions to it, and uh, just letting everybody know that it was my daughter was the one that suggested it, and this journey that we took in cow country over in Indiana. I, I thought that was, uh, I thought it was especially funny. Uh, we've had a couple of other ones. I don't remember all of what we had in that. I love the fact that every time we talk about the bears, that Samori has basically created a stance of just complete defiance. <laughs> I think every time I like, my wife <laughs> In the episodes, stuff, she was like, you know, Samori's is doing that on purpose to you, right? I'm like, I know, I know, I already know. <laughs> He's just so adamant about it. He, he just brings so much information, and then he'll tell you that you're the emotional one when then he comes with the emotional <laughs> comments. It's just, it's just hilarious to me on how we can get on here, and it just goes how it goes. So, like I say, I, I, I think like I think we've done a great job when it comes to trying to create what it's like when we're all together. Mm -hmm. um, I know like the topic, like we don't stop and we don't say, well, the next topic is when we sitting in the garage or when we hanging out with one another. But at the same time, it's just, just what we've been able to create and what we've been able to do just to create that banner that we all have, that we've had for years. We've, we've known each other for 20 some years now and just to naturally get on here and just kind of do it. Like even when Hudson said, like when we did our first live, I, I, there was a little nervousness there, but once we got into everything and we just got to talking the way we did, like we always do, like this, this just comes natural now. And I'm just looking forward to like the evolution that we have, the, the more ideas, the more experiences, and maybe even hopefully the more people that we can get involved into it. You know, hopefully we just, mm -hmm. I'm just looking forward to the expansion of it all. And uh, I've, I've just enjoyed working. That's awesome. 100% agree. Right there with you, man. Right there with you. Uh, for me, uh, I, I agree with Jason that they're all, for different reasons, my babies. Um, uh, the first episode, of course, also has a special place in my heart because we have been talking about it for months. And so we finally, you know, did it and got into it. But I think my favorite episode is probably the third one. Because I was sure that we could all come together and talk about our kids, talk about our family. Mm. I was sure that we could all come together and be funny. Uh, I had no concerns about that. I was not sure whether or not it would work when something really horrible and really serious happened. And then we came together mm. and tried to have a productive conversation about it. And so there was a little bit of hesitation going into that episode. It was right after 
a drive-by had occurred in Chicago on a funeral home where 16 people had been hit. And so we had this episode about violence in Chicago, what historically led up to it, what are some of the things that are happening right now that are feeding into it, and what can be done. And I was, you know, we talk about serious things all the time uh, in our, per, you know, personally, just the three of us, but we've never talked about it in a way where we had to keep an audience in mind, you know? And so I just wasn't sure how that was going to flow. And I think we did a great job. I think we gave it from a lot of information, especially the people who are not living in Chicago. I think we, you know, we touched on it from a political standpoint of what um, could the mayor, what is the mayor doing? What could the mayor be doing? What is the, what are the police doing about it right now? I'm just, I'm just really proud of the, the conversation that we had. We had, a, it, it went into Black Lives Matter and we talked about whether or not it's fair that they stick with police brutality cases and don't get involved when black people shoot other black people. I feel like the whole dialogue was just very entertaining, informative, um, and it just hit the right tone for that moment in time in Chicago and gave me a lot of confidence that when similar things come up, we will, as a show, be able to handle it and be still be able to provide good content. So it, it, I would say that's probably my favorite episode. Also, I. I didn't listen back to it, but I'm pretty sure it's the first episode where we talked about Sean uh, Michelle's and uh, used that as our business of the week. And that has definitely become my favorite dessert place <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> in Chicago. That that uh, that apple cobbler and the peach cobbler hits the spot every single time. And so I'm glad that we you know, uh, gave them a shout out. I think they absolutely deserve it. And I'm looking forward to, you know, this actually gives me an opportunity to bring up. I know some of our listeners might be wondering, where is the Black Business of the Week? We talk about it all the time. Why don't we have that section of the show anymore? COVID has made it really, really difficult for us to try out different Black businesses. It's just, we don't have the opportunity to be able to go to them directly and speak with the people that are there, speak with the people that are working there. And I don't want to just send you to a place just because it's owned by black people. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, some of these black businesses should not be getting more business. You know, some of these black businesses need to go. And so anytime we send you there, I want to be able to say that we took the opportunity. Maybe we didn't actually try that service. Like if there's a black owned mechanic shop, I'm not going to wait for my car to have an issue before I necessarily, you know, bring them up. But I at least want to be able to say I stepped into their shop. I see how they keep the space where they would have their customers. I spoke with someone who works there. Maybe I didn't speak with the owner, but I spoke with someone who works there and got a feel for how they do business and how things are going there. I want to have that real feel for you all. And it's just too difficult to do that with COVID going on, but it's absolutely in all of our minds and something we plan to start back up um, next year once uh, we are able to, because we know there's a lot of black businesses out here that need the exposure mm -hmm. and that need people to talk about them more and push more business their way. And I absolutely 
want this show to be a, a driving force behind that. You so, know, I want to say on the Sean Michelle's, you know, uh, it's tough having kids sometimes because now when I take that first bite of that peach cobbler, I do a little airplane to myself now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, you, are you doing it in front of your kids? Yeah, of course. That's, Mr. That's, Patty? That's, that, yeah, you know I was about to say that. I got to be me. <laughs> I didn't until I had the kid. So, you know. Wow. Oh, so you went airplane in it before kids. Just, come on, right. we, we'd have been out to eat before. I didn't see you airplane it, dog. You was doing it before the kids got here. I never made it. Exactly. Now I open up the hanger. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, my God. Wow. It has got to be a treat to be in your home. I have to say that right now. I would love to just be a fly on the wall. Like, would you look at these people? <laughs> and, then, and then there's that guy. Look at him. Look at this. this so petty. <laughs> hey, beyond petty. You have a hey. good time up in here. <laughs> I'm sure. And that's what's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. So, so we talked about what our favorite episodes are from this past year, but now I want to get into just a, a general recap. You know, the podcasting is new for all of us, and I think it's been a significant change for all of us. And just in general, this has been a crazy year with a whole lot of things going on. So, you know, how did you all feel about this past year? What are you know, some of the high points, how has podcasting affected you? You know, I, I know it's hard to, you know, put all that type of information just a couple of minutes, but Hudson, uh, uh, what, what what's your recap for this past year? All right, it's going to be longer than a couple of minutes, but, you know, for for pot, with regards to podcasting, what it's really done is, is opened me up to be more analytical of uh, all the news that's coming through. It's made me pay attention to a lot more of it. Um, and, you know, I, I got to say to a certain extent, you know, before we started this, ignorance was bliss, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, now I'm just seeing the whole world naked, you know, and it, it, with, with, you know, all the, all the, all the, all the little crevices up in there. And, and it's not, you know. You know, I, I would love to say that this year is going to end on a high note. And, and you know, yeah, my family personally, it, it's, I, you know, it'll be just fine. Um, you know, it's great. I, you know, I've actually loved this time in here. You know, I've been on lockdown since this virus. and But it hasn't felt that way, you know. Um, yeah, there's certain places you can't go, this or the other. But, you know, I don't know of any other time where I, where I will have this much time with my kids and and my wife again, you know, and, and it's actually, for me, it's been a blessing. So I appreciate that. Now, as far as what's been going on in this country, which has highly uh, affected my mind and, and from, from this podcast standpoint, I mean, and we didn't start in, in January, the podcast, um, but, you know, it made me look at the entire year. So, you know, and, and what made me, I actually switched it up today of what I was going to discuss. Because today I saw 
uh, 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 it was actually a Facebook post about something that happened in mid-July 2019, right? And that was a Pennsylvania school district sent out threatening letters to parents over over uh, some school lunch debt, threatening parents with, with mm. saying that your kids could get taken away and put into foster care. And holy smokes. Yeah. And we're talking about over $75. Like, oh, wow. like all the letters, it was for $75. You owe $75. You could get taken to court and subsequently you can get your kids taken away. Right? I think that's how that works. Now, <laughs> but you can imagine, you know, getting a letter like that. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, where are we going in this country? And so, you know, I started really thinking about 2019. And, and the first thing I thought about was, I mean, I'm start, sorry, started really thinking about all of 2020. First thing I thought about was the death of George Floyd. First thing I thought about. And, it, and I think that is a representation on how the whole weird year went, in my opinion, as far as uh, the United States goes. I'm sorry, this is not going to be a happy recap. It, it, I mean, the... Uh, I think for the, I think the whole world, because that that's why this one's different from a lot of them, because the whole world saw instantly this footage came out quick. They saw instantly, um, uh, evil on the face of that cop who just just kneeled there and didn't care what he was doing, did not care at all. And and I, I think that really woke a lot of people up and with the subsequent um, worldwide response to it, you know, um, you know, but if George Floyd was a representation of the year, I think, you know, if we look at the beginning of the year, what got that whole ball rolling was, uh, you know, the first reports of, of Joshua Juarez being arrested for the beating death of his nine-month-old son. And that happened in Chicago, right? I mean, this this is, we're talking about January 7th. is <laughs> what this is year, right? We're, we're coming off Christmas, New Year. We're still in that holiday spirit, and this happens, right? And to me, it just started rolling downhill from there. Some other notable things that happened on the 7th and the 8th of January was The Who, which is the World Health Organization, is officially notified about the coronavirus, right? Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, they stepped down from their responsibilities with the royal family, right? Um, Iran launches a military, launches missiles. At, at military bases and injures U.S. soldiers in what looked to be retaliation for Trump uh, killing their general, right? Uh, 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 Ukrainian flight crashes in Iran, supposedly because of these military strikes from Iran. They accidentally fire on this plane and kill all 176 passengers. This is how the year began. Right. And it just kept rolling from there. Right. The the, the year started there. And, and it, you know, I had to think to myself, what could I expect at that point? You know, now, you know, and to, and to cap this off, we cap it off with what Samori talked about. And this looks like how we're going to end the year. 
right? It's this cover up by the mayor and the CPD and doing this raid on this woman's house and having her there naked, right? Mm-hmm. That's how we're going to cap it off. You know, and I can only hope nothing worse or nothing as bad happens in these last few days of the year, right? Um, you know, now switch gears a little bit. We talk about some some notable passings in this year. Kobe Bryant, you know, we already discussed chat with right? Mm-hmm. Uh, John Lewis, you know, civil mm-hmm. rights icon. Um, C.T. Vivian, another civil rights icon. Um, you know, most recently, Zeus. And people who grew up, I think, when I grew up, mm-hmm. are going to remember him as Zeus, while people who may mm-hmm. have grew up a little bit later are going to remember him as Debo. You know? Right. So I'm always right. going to I know him as Debo. I'm going to remember Zeus from what? Zeus from wrestling. He used to, he was in that movie No Holds Bar with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and that's when the wrestling. Are we serious right now? That's the first time you saw. That was the first time you ever met the dude. I remember, I remember No Holds Bar. And I rooted for Zeus. You know, I rooted for him to beat Hulk Hogan for the world championship title. <laughs> but anyway, I think <laughs> plans to act in movies and things like that. I don't think he wanted to make wrestling his permanent career. But anyway, you know, um, uh, but then, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, our, our uh, RBG, that was a huge, mm-hmm. you know, I just got to say for, for next year going into 2021, uh, you know, as a country, we got to do better. I think we really showed our ass this year. We really showed. And and uh, and the coronavirus, like, like a lot of people I'm sure will notice that I did not really mention the coronavirus, except to say that the WHO was notified of its existence. Um, that's because the only thing the coronavirus did was just shine a light, you know, on on how unstable we are here. You know, um, all the people who were living paycheck to paycheck, and it, and it was proven right there how close everyone is to evictions, how, you know, how, how so fragile life is in the United States. The country itself is living paycheck to paycheck. Only a few select people in the country are comfortable. You know, and... And so something's got to give. 2021, something, something's got to give. Um, it's racial strife. We got to get over it. And when I say get over it, we got to stop it. <laughs> we we got to stop it. This whole thing of I'm better than you because of the color of my skin, that's got to end. You know, because let, let's be real. With all the with all the uh, with all the mixed babies that came in my generation, and even mm. more coming in this generation, and there's even more mm. become. Look, in five hundred years, we're all going to be the same damn color. <laughs> it's a done deal. It's a done deal. <laughs> Whatever pure thoughts of pure you have, you you better look closely at, at who your cousins and your uncles and your and your brothers and sisters are dating. Because there's pure nothing. You got a black nephew somewhere. Okay. You got, you got a black nephew somewhere. You got a black niece somewhere. 
okay? Hmm. You are the cast out at the family reunion now. It's done deal. You are the cousin Jeffro that they say leave over there in the corner. Don't even go talk to him. We only want mitts over there with them. Let them drink their moonshine. You stay over there. That's who you are now. <laughs> I mean, and that's real. There's no pure anymore. That that the, your definition of pure ain't there no more. That ain't it. It's done. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you might as well get over it and learn to live in this world, or or. Do what Jason said about the OnlyFans people. <laughs> you know, take yourself out of it if you don't like it. Keep it. Get on the Space Force and go up to Mars with Trump. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> okay. Let's see what Mars to... talking about. What they talking about. See if they talking about that, you know. So we got to do better here. Uh, we've proven that, that we don't care about, you know, in, in general. We don't care about the next person. We don't care about the next man, the next woman, the next person. We don't care about them. And if that doesn't change, we're gonna have these these problems are gonna persist, and it's gonna come to a head. We think that we think it can't get any worse. It can. So this can always get worse. You got to do better. That's my recap. Sorry, y'all. Not a not a not a bright one. <laughs> so good. Jason, what about you, brother? How'd you feel about this past year? That was mighty depressing, Hudson. I got to tell you that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Lift us up, Jason. Lift us up. (laughs) Christ. All right. Uh, Let me me get out of that. Uh, As as much as this year has sucked, (laughs) uh, in in regards to how people are and what we're all finding out a lot about of our country and stuff like that, Uh, I had to say something that uh, makes that, that kind of hit me too. Where he says that uh, you know, before this all started, you know, it, it, ignorance was bliss. I I was forced. <laughs> I was forced into this world of information that I was honestly. Uh, I just I really never paid any attention to. Uh, I got up to work every day and made sure that I could pay my bills. Make sure my family was fed. Make sure they had a roof over their heads. Uh, I was always somebody who just kind of looked at, you know, my inner circles on how it is. Like, I, I, I missed out on going and us hopping in the car and driving up somewhere and going to a football game. I missed out on seeing my son play football this year. You know, I, I missed out on a lot of things, but. What what doing this podcast has kind of made me realize is that uh, I have to be a little bit more informed. I have to be a little bit more knowledgeable to what's going on around me, because even though it doesn't directly affect me, you know, I'm always concerned about when my when I'm not here and my wife is out with my kids and stuff like that. And as my kids are getting older, they're going to start experiencing things from people that that they're not going to really understand or they're not going to understand why people are the way they are. And it's going to be up to me and my wife in order to teach them on how to get through some of it. But, uh, it's just, honestly, this whole year has just made me real hopeful, man. I, I, I can only imagine, let me find some wood to knock on. I can only imagine shit getting worse. <laughs> so, I'm I'm really just optimistic. I'm 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 hope I'm hope 
that things start to get back around to close to where it could used to be or how things can just, you know, hopefully things just start getting better. Maybe some, maybe some of these folks will start realizing on how much we all suck and maybe we can put some of this bullshit to the side and we can start moving forward. I, I'm, I, I'd like to, I'm looking forward to us putting together some things where we start inviting like-minded people, just trying to get our voices out there to get people heard, giving, giving people uh, options other than what they see on what they call the fake news or whatever the case may be. I, I think us with this, what we have, I think we can, we can show people that, you know, black folks is human beings too. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I look forward to those opportunities where we can, where we will plan and we'll be able to do things to help people, and you know, put people in positions where they can better themselves or have some kind of directional assistance in getting themselves out of trouble or anything that they're in. Uh, the information that we bring, uh, hopefully, is just kind of enlightenment for other people who don't necessarily, you know, try to pay attention to the news or don't necessarily really think about the things that are going on around them. I think we have a very, I think we have a a very interesting viewpoint on how we come about and we talk about things, especially when most of our conversations are a lot of discovery. I know it is for me, especially when you guys talk about things and I'm like, oh, wow, I wish I didn't really know that. Hey, y'all got me to vote this year. (laughs) <laughs> hey and I, and I tell you and y'all and let me tell y'all let me tell the audience right now just because of this podcast wasn't the first time that they tried to get me to go vote <laughs> it wasn't the first time so just just the culmination of some of the information and some of the things that we talked about and how we kind of went through things and how we discussed what we had in our topics it gave me a little bit more insight and a little bit more of a wanting to, you know, engage a little bit more when it comes to politics to try and understand what it is that's going on and what affects me and what affects, you know, my community. So, you know, I, I, I wish to be, I wish to continue to be an information source, even though we're not, we're not, excuse me, we're not, um, we're not claiming to be a news source or any other thing like that. We're a couple of brothers that are just talking about what we know and what we feel. We all have our we we have our thoughts behind it because we got our families, you know, say riding on the decisions that we make and the thoughts that we have and the opinions that we have. And we're 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 pushing forward to try and make something better. With this with this podcast, you know, we we're we're building the community on Facebook. You know, we got a lot of people that have jumped down with us and have been listening and have been very supportive. And hopefully we're able to give back as much as that we've been given in this. Cause I think we've been blessed to be able to do this. Um, I'm just, I'm looking forward to some good things. Like I think, you know, I, the world is going to be what it's going to be, but I, I enjoy the fact that we share in the community and we share in the friendship that, you know, that, that basically, Fuck, fuck y'all and y'all bad shit, man. We gonna keep it pushing. We going forward, and that's what we're about. We about that with our families. We about that with our friends. Anybody one that wants to come along for the ride, and we invite them to come on here. And hopefully, we got enough room. In the meantime, we'll start building bigger trucks, and we'll get some buses so everybody we can all go together. 
And, you know, we're not trying to lead anybody down any bad paths, any dark paths, anything like that. We all about positivity. We all about moving forward. We all about trying to be better than what we were yesterday. That's what that's what this podcast to me was all about, was being more than what I was. I wasn't doing anything. I was just getting up and going to work and going through the motion. Now, with, with this and the introduction to this, it, it's giving me insight into who I am and what I could be and the things that we can achieve. Uh, the thing, just the creativity that we've been able to, to come together and just talk about and just about, just about thinking about the future and what this could be. I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. And I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever may bring uh, and whoever's coming along for the ride. And I'm glad to have been doing this with y'all because Hey, it's, it's even giving me more insight into my brothers and things that they know and the information that they give. And, hey, I'm just ready to keep it moving. Awesome. Awesome. Agree 100%, brother. Appreciate it. Actually, a circle back with you, Hudson, says Jason also went on ahead and talked about what he's looking forward to next year and um, what he's interested in. Do you have any thoughts about what are your goals for next year and anything that you're hopeful about? Um, well, you know, I got some resolutions, you know, um, you know, the, uh, I got them listed as a matter of fact, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, it's only, it's only three. Don't worry. y'all. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I want to put tons of more effort into my writing. Yes. That's how I wrote it. Tons of more effort. Um, I, you know, I figure I, I want to put like 20 hours a week into my writing um you know i did finish a play this year which is which is great um uh but now i i want to thank you thank you uh but, you know i got i got other things I, I got burning in my head that i've begun putting down putting down on paper so to speak uh, actually typing in my laptop but you know what i mean um you know uh, i i hope that by the end of next year that that I'm actually looking to do it full time professionally. That's that's my goal. It's a lofty goal. It is a it is a very ambitious goal, but I'm hoping that I can that I can make it happen. Achievable. Um, so number two, um, I want to cut in in the interest of of getting myself back healthy again. I want to cut traditional fast food. Okay, so and, and what I mean by that national change that I can get anywhere in the in the world, so like McDonald's, Burger King, uh, the Popeyes, even though there, I, I don't know if you can get that everywhere in the world, but uh, national, I know I can get that anywhere in the United States. I want to cut it, um, you know. Um, so 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 if we when we are able to go on our road trips again, it's not saying I ain't never gonna have. You know, a Philly, a Philly state. If we go to Philadelphia, <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not getting it from McDonald's. That's what I'm saying, right? right? Um, and and honestly, for for most people who have uh, issues with with any fast food or anything like that, fast food makes up most of your. You know, I ate out. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's the thing that you get quick when you don't. You know, you either don't have time or feel too lazy to cook that particular evening. So, you know, uh, uh, in the midst of this year, I want to cut it. 
I want to just get rid of it and be done with it. We already talked about the last episode how I'm upset with the service on the south side. Yes, you, you know, I, I might as well get rid of it. Get be done. <laughs> yes, you did, sir. You were upset. Said, oh yeah, <laughs> go ahead. You know, um, and you know, the last one is is that you know I'm always thriving now to be a better husband and a better father. Um, so this year, what I what I want to work on is is how I respond to traits I don't like, right? Um, you know, and, and I, there are certain traits that that don't sit right with me, and, and unfortunately, there are traits that you see in a lot of children. Um, so I find myself I find myself being like the type of person usually that says. Oh no no! You got to stop that, or or we I can't fuck with you, you know. I'm I'm that type of person, but I can't do that with my kids, right? So if they got traits like that, I gotta yeah. be able to. So, you know, it, you know, it's 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 not to say it's not to say anyway. I love my kids, I love my wife, but everyone's got traits that that you don't like. Everyone's got things you don't like. I mean, that's just reality, right? Um it's my response to that, that, that I feel has to change. So for me, if it's something I don't like, I just kind of ignore it. I don't discuss it. I don't, you know, I'm just going to ignore that, you know, let's move on, <laughs> you know? And, and, and it's not a, and it's not a good thing for me. And I do it out of the fact that, you know, I don't want to respond negatively. Um, you know, let me just tell you a trait that I don't like. I don't like whining. I hate whining. We all know kids are best known for their whining. They do. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> and, and, um, and, you know, it's not like I go and punch the kid and go, hey, you better stop all that. I give you something to cry about. Hey, mm-hmm. nothing I, do. I don't do that. But, really hope that. <laughs> but, you know, it's also a trait that, that I think a lot of parents, if they have the answer, to stop their kids from doing it would try to do it. Um, and I want to try to find constructive ways to try to, uh, to try to stop it without hindering any other good qualities that, that sometimes, cause kids show a lot of resiliency. Sometimes when you try to stop whining, sometimes you inadvertently stop resiliency because they just give up instead of finding different, more creative ways to get their point across. And I don't want to, I don't want to damage that. I don't want to stop that. So I want to want to be able to find a way to, to take the good and amplify it and take what I think is a negative and try to, you know, squash it at the same time. And for that, I know I have to respond different. I have to be different in that regard. So that's a, that's a trait of mine that, that needs worked on. And I'm, and I'm going to work on it. Um, and then hopefully next year, I say, I, yep, check that off. <laughs> and I'll go to the next trait that I got that I think needs to change in order for me to be a better uh, husband and father. Absolutely. So you're saying it's going to take you an entire year to get over this one particular thing? Well, you know, well, you got to remember, you know, we're we're not talking about things that, Hey, you know, I, I haven't, we're talking about things I've been doing a lifetime. This, this is, this is stuff that has been who I am. If, yes. 
if you know i don't if i don't if there's something about you that really irks me <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know if, mm-hmm. if i don't care for you much i'm just never gonna talk to you right, right. Now, if i if i do like you um i'm probably gonna make fun of you for it i'm probably gonna try to shame you out of it a little bit you know i'm gonna try mm-hmm. different techniques to stop you from doing it around me don't care if you do it around someone else don't do it around me so you know we're talking about years and years of how i've been and and no you you can't change that in a week and if you think you can you're crazy there's there's nothing it's just like eating habits you know you it's hard to change an eating habit and just turn it around because you're you're you've come accustomed to that food you've come addicted to that food in a lot of cases so it's just like when I when I lowered my sugar intake, you know, when I lowered my snacks and, and sodas and all that, some days I have a headache just for the lack of sugar, just for the lack of sugar. So you you can't just turn things around. If you think you can just <coughs> turn it around like that, you know, you're, you've lost already. You're done because the moment that you regress, you give up because right. you had this expectation like, I can beat this. I'm gonna be done with it. No, it's, it's something I need to work on, and it's it's not that I think I'm going to completely get over it and be done with it. it. It's something that I think I can work on to a point where I can function without it being a daily problem or a weekly problem. When I look at this past year, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is I'm blessed. All right, there's just no doubt about it. Um, whole family caught COVID, all of us are okay. And we didn't give it to anybody else. Um, I have been employed all throughout COVID. I've never been in a situation this year where I didn't know when my next check was gonna come, where I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to keep a roof over my head. Um, I Things have been, for both me and my wife, stable. You know, we're lucky enough to work in industries that people need, even in a pandemic, accounting and information systems like (laughs) these things are absolutely required still, even now. And so um, I I feel very, very blessed because I personally know people who that is not the case. Um, It's been a rough year. It's been a really, really rough year. It's hard watching people go through these incredibly difficult circumstances where they don't know literally how they're going to live and you don't feel like you can do much for them. You don't feel like there's anything you can really do to just step in and make it better. And there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Um, And I say that not just for people who have lost jobs because of COVID, but just people who are directly feeling the impacts of, you know, the state of Chicago right now. There's just a lot of things, a lot of things going on in the city that are not to the benefit of our communities. And it's difficult. It's difficult to watch, you know, I'm live right here on the West side, so I'm in the thick of it and I see what's going on all the time. Um, For me, uh, this podcast has been a real blessing. 
um, because doing this, I can recognize how for years I really, really wanted an avenue to be able to have my voice heard. I really wanted something that I could use to speak out about issues where I feel passionate and where I feel like I have a perspective that I don't hear out in the general world, especially when I look at people on TV talking about it. I'm like, I don't agree with anything you say, but I have no vehicle to try to let people know like, hey, there's a whole different way to think about this and to try to bring more people together who agree with this different perspective. And this podcast was the start of me trying to put together a platform that allows me to use that, that voice. You know, it's, um, it's difficult. It's different, you know, having a job, a child and a wife, and then adding basically this whole other job into the mix. It's not a, it's not a small thing at all, but I find this entire process so personally fulfilling, you know, I could have watched those protests that happened and basically just be sitting at home and talking to myself (laughs) and telling myself my thoughts of, you know, I could, I could, Samantha and I, we could talk about anything, you know, we could sit on the couch for hours, but Samantha's not passionate about anything. So it's hard to talk to her about like politics or uproar or things that I feel really, really strongly about because I need other people who are just as passionate. She's like, ah, oh, this is happening. Whatever. <laughs> you know, so I don't know what to Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so having this platform where I get to, you know, talk with other brothers who have their own perspectives and can have um, the these very passionate perspectives as well about the situation. It is just so personally fulfilling. It is really deeply fulfilling for me to have my own streaming channel. I've always been a gamer. You know, I, I was able to play games for a little bit while I was at, still living at um, my parents' house. Um, but as soon as I moved out, I got my first gaming system in the first month and I've been a gamer ever since. (laughs) And this is the first time I've really seen it as something that could be productive for me. (laughs) You know, that was the, that was the whole point of it. It's like, Hey, if you're going to be putting a bunch of time into this, it should be something productive where you can really grow and build something out of it. It shouldn't be just you sitting up on a couch with a game controller, you know, playing day in, day out. And don't get me wrong. I got a long way to go with my streaming channel. A whole bunch of things need to improve and change and grow in order for me to get it to where it's really supposed to be. But that's fine. I started. I started. And I feel like, you know, I go through these phases where every so often I feel the need for a major change where I'm like, you know what, you've lived this way for the past, you know, five years or so, but it's no longer going to work for whatever reason. It's time for you to just clean slate, do something different. You know, I I lived by myself for years and then 
I pulled my brothers out of the house and, and had them both living with me for years because I felt like that would be the best thing for them and my parents. I married Samantha and made the decision that, hey, you're going to be a family man now and you're going to have kids and this is the way your life needs to be now. And I've reached this point in my life where I feel like I have a real responsibility to set up something for my family. I don't want my I don't want my daughter to grow up to be a worker. I come from generations of workers and people who were raised to be workers. And I want my if at all possible, I want my daughter to own from the very beginning. You know, and if I want her to do that, I need to show her a path. I need to show, I, she needs to see me doing it, you know? Um, and so I am hoping that this is, this is the start of that, the start of her seeing me build something and create something and making it for our family, you know? And that, that's part of what makes me really, really excited about next year. I'm so excited to see where this platform, where this podcast is going to continue to go. Um, I love the conversations that we've been able to have, but honestly, I'm really looking forward to us being able to record all in the same space. Mm. And honestly, I'm looking forward to uh, being able to do different types of content. Like I want to put a camera on my shoulder and start walking the streets of Chicago <laughs> and just ask people, hey, such and such a thing just happened. How do you feel about that, dog? You know, you got any perspective, anything you want to say to the uh, to the people online looking? You know, I want to I want to be the, the the live out on the streets, really, really talking with the people. I want to give people uh, a view into Chicago because I feel like the, the the way people see Chicago right now is all geared around the media and their portrayal of violence and murder and you shouldn't go anywhere and everyone's horrible and all this nonsense. And I want to show them, hey, it's not like that. Yes, there are some serious problems and there's some serious things that we need to address. But Chicago is not the type of city that these people are portraying it as. Now, uh, I'm looking forward to continuing with my with my streaming channel. I'm looking forward to continuing watching Simone in school and seeing her grow and develop and become the incredible woman that I know she is going to be. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to my wife and I being able to travel again. I haven't taken my wife to a beach in I don't know how long, and she lets me know about it every single day. <laughs> she is so sick of us not traveling together. So, you know, um, I'm just really, really hopeful about the future. But Hudson brought up New Year's resolutions. You know, I don't have a whole list of resolutions, but like I said, my life kind of goes through phases and I feel like I am coming up to a brand new phase. And I believe that I work best in highly regimented environments. Like I can't just leave myself hours of, uh, of the day and say, hey, you'll just get done the things you need to get done. 
And so if I, if I had a resolution, if I had something that I want to push for for this upcoming year is to be more disciplined. Every day I should have a list of things that I'm going to do to try to make progress on my goals and to get done the things that I need to get done, whether that be getting healthier, you know, taking care of my family, doing things for the podcast, doing things for my streaming channel, whatever it is. I wanted to I wanted to be outlined and I want to have a plan where on a daily basis I'm able to move forward and get those things done because I know that that's how I work best. And I really, really want this to be the year where I get my health addressed. I feel like, you know, before I was just happy being a family man and being at home and everything was cool. But now I'm really, really pushing. I'm really, really trying to do things. I'm I'm pushing up against my limits and my body is pushing back. It's telling me that, hey, you're not really healthy enough <laughs> to accomplish these things, stay up at these hours. You don't have enough energy to do all these things. So I'm going to need you to back up. So I'm at this point now where the weight has got to come off because it's getting in the way of the goals and the dreams that I have. But I'm very, very hopeful that 2021 is going to be the year when I'm going to be able to do that. Like I, I like for me, I think like, at this point in time in my life, I've, 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 I've been up and down. I've had my good times. I've had my bad moments. I've had times where I've just been real low and I've had those times where I've been real high right now. I'm in a, in a specific spot in my life where I think I'm able to create a balance where I'll be able to have just an even keel deal, no matter what the year is, no matter what's going on. I just want to be secure. I want to make sure that my family is secure and I want to make sure that I'm I'm capable of doing what it is that I need to do. So with the, with this whole this thinking about the weight loss and getting healthier and and going to this gym and stuff, I'm adding this to things that I'm doing now to create a balance as best as I can. Cuz I what I've what I found out and what I've thought about and what I've I've just kind of reflected on in my life in those times where I felt like I was doing pretty good. I was, I was off here. You know what I mean? And that's why stuff doesn't last because I don't think there was any kind of, you know, balance to it all. So I'm, I'm trying to figure that out part out and I'm trying to understand what it is about me that, that, that kind of defeats myself at the same time because I just I want I want to find that balance. So for me in the new year, I've already discussed the fact that I want to be healthier and everything like that. But my biggest goal, my biggest and my largest goal at this point right now is to buy my family a house. We've been living in apartments for the last 10 years. I want to say 10, 11 years now. Since my daughter was six months old. And I, I keep thinking back and I always mention it to my wife. Well, in those earlier years, I used to talk about it with my wife. And I don't really think she took it very seriously, which which made sense because I wasn't doing anything to be serious about it. 
I was just mostly talking a lot. You know, I, I talk about how, like, I grew up in my house and how I want my kids to be able to have their own rooms in their backyard. And, you know, I want them to have their own space and I want them to grow up in a home. And it's not that this apartment's not a home, but it's, it's not, we deserve more. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, my, 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 my biggest one and my biggest push right now is to have me a house by the time we have to re-sign our lease. And that's July. So uh, I know that's a big, that, some people say that's not a big goal, but I mean, for me, I think it's very important. Because I, I think it, it's important. Number one, it's important for me to own my own home because you know, my father did, my mother did, and I watched how they, how I grew up in that house. And I want my kids, and I want to have that same experience. I want to own something. I, I haven't owned anything in a long time, and own some some real estate that's mine that I live in. I think it's very important. And uh, the, the 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 good part about it is too is that. Even though I've been talking about it lately, I've actually gotten my wife on board, at least like kind of thinking about it now, because I'm I'm slowly but surely I've been making my little moves here and there to get my credit and everything together. And we've been saving money and we've been we sacrifice from time to time. We we don't sacrifice like we should, but we we have made it a point to try and put money to the side because it's what we want to do. And I, I think I've been able to kind of explain like my feelings and what my thought process is into it. And I think I've got my wife on board, even though sometimes she's still kind of, yeah, but no, I, I think I've got her into the same feeling with me. So now when I talk about it, I feel like, like I'm not alone in the thought. Even my kids are like, you know, like, so when we going to buy that house, daddy, when we going to buy it? Because Jada wants the house just so I could buy a dog. That's what she on. And I told her, like, she keep asking for this oh, puppy. And I'm like, I'm not living in a two-bedroom apartment with a dog. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I refuse. Especially if y'all if y'all going to have me out here walking this dog, you won't have this dog. So it's, it's about taking the responsibility and giving them a little bit more room to be able to learn and do the things that they do, too. I, I, that's, that's my biggest goal. And then for that, too, in that, and hopefully in the purchase of it, because it's something that I've been very mindful of and depending on where I live and hopefully y'all will be cool with it. I plan on building me up a little studio in the basement somewhere so that we can do our, Let's do it. So do our SJ's man cave and real man cave. You know, I'm <laughs> going for it. <laughs> so, like whether we doing it, whoever we do, if we setting it up and where we got man caves in each other's houses and we just got to set up the mics and stuff like that. Like I say, that's one of my biggest goals. So like you said, like when we all together, we're all doing it together. Whether we're at your house, Hudson's house, my house, we comfortable. We have the space to do it. And we just we just putting it out there. That that's that's my number one. That's what I'm working on right now. So hopefully come July, y'all will see me with some keys and a big stupid smile on my face. <laughs> Somewhere on the Facebook post. So that's what I'm pushing for this year. Sounds like a plan, brother. Sounds like a plan. Oh, guys, and and not that I want to run this over uh, more. I know we want to get to the get to the last topic, and and uh, but you know, I I want us, I I want us to think about how successful people want to hang out with successful people, and how 
Lazy people want to hang out with lazy people. Smart people want to hang out with smart people. I assume y'all know where I'm going with this, right? Y'all on down the line, right? Um, people don't think of themselves this way, but each of us have a lot of different people inside of us, right? Uh, there, like there's work Hudson, there's home Hudson, there's there's um, there's workout Hudson, there's <laughs> you know there's many different Hudsons, right? And if one Hudson decides he wants to be successful, but none of the other Hudsons are, eventually I'm going to wear out that one successful Hudson and he's just going to pack up and leave. And he's going to be replaced by lazy ass Hudson, right? Mm -hmm. so, you know, when we, when we do this and we, and we push forward, it's one of the reasons where it's one of the reasons I talked about, that, that trait of mine that I want to, because that trait transcends not just me being a better uh, husband and father. That's just the most important part of it for me is I, I got a beautiful family. I want to be the best husband and father I can possibly be for them. This also transcends into, you know, this trait I have is a trait that I pass on at work too. And I honestly think it's a trait that's kept me from getting up to the executive level. At, at companies and things like that because I don't have that patience to deal with certain things. And, and you have to be able to work with people. And people, they whine. <laughs> you know, they do. <laughs> and you have to have the patience to motivate them and keep them moving, right? And if you're, and if you're the lazy kind of, of parent and the lazy kind of supervisor or manager, and say, get, get up out of my face with all that whining. Come on now. Right. You know what you got to do, just do it, right? Mm -hmm. that, motivates, that motivates no one. I have literally not found anyone that truly is motivated by that. And that's why I know I have to switch that around because, you know, my kids deserve better than that, right? And and I know if I keep that habit, you know, if, I, if I'm doing it at work, I'm not going to have the right habits here at home. And vice versa, if I'm doing it at home, I'm not going to have the right habits at work. So I got to, uh, my whole being has to be better. Not just what I do at work, not just what I do at home. It's got to all come together. So, so workout Hudson has to have the same traits. Home Hudson has to have the same traits. Work Hudson has to have the same traits. Husband Hudson and Father Hudson, they all have to have those same good traits or else it's going to pack up and leave the good parts of me are going to pack up and leave because there's no other good parts of me. Does that make sense? And we all got to, we all got to do that. And that's how we'll get there. We just got to remember whatever we do at home, we got to do it at work. Whatever we do at work, we got to do it with our kids. We got to do it with our families. We got to do everywhere. We got to be that everywhere. And I promise you, it takes no extra effort. It doesn't. It actually takes more effort to be different in different places. So keep that in mind. You know, if, if if you see a deficiency somewhere, I guarantee you that deficiency is in other parts as well. So keep that in mind. Absolutely. Good. Absolutely, brother. All right. And now we come to the last part. As it always is in our podcast, we talk about the bears. And while the win was 
rather relevant. I'll still take it. We still I guess. I guess. We, I, I'm still You basically have to win out and a bunch of other people gotta lose. Exactly. So I'm still in the mode that I was in last week that I'm done with these people for this year. I'm done with them. But you know, uh mathematically, yes, they are still in the hunt. It is possible that Foles is still gonna be able to make this happen. So I I agree that how 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 did how did you possibly just round about that back to Foles? How I don't want to I don't mind it. I'll explain it for you, Samori. Because Foles did so terribly that it finally made them make the right decision to go back and say, we need to do some of that stuff we did in 2018 that helped us win there. When I, I mean, went <laughs> so that's why that's why he's putting it on Foles because, yes, Foles does deserve the credit for that, you know. It made them make a decision on the direction that they were going in, and they realized, okay, we don't need foes for that. So, so yeah, Samori is correct. Look, um, I don't understand how you all can look at the changes that this team has made and the things that they're doing now and not see foes' influence. Russell Wilson. But, Huh? <laughs> what do you say? Oh, in our chat wanted us to mention Russell Wilson, so I just decided to pop his name in there. Go oh, on. Reason there. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so I, I, I don't understand how you all don't see Foles' influence and his fingerprints all over this recent win, but moving right along. Um, uh, uh, moving right along, it was a strong game on both sides of the ball. Um, it, it was nice to to see, but again, it's meaningless from my perspective. So I still don't have all that much to say about the Bears. I'm still hurt. I'm disappointed, and I'm I'm holding on to that for now because again, I believe uh, Foles is more than likely not going to be here next year, and that we wasted his tenure. We do still see some of the uh, effects of the leadership and culture that he attempted to instill. And so we are winning, you know, a couple more games, and I am thankful for that. But I do believe it could have been significantly more and that it shouldn't have been so much harder if they had just, you know, wholeheartedly embraced what he was trying to do for the team. But... Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts? So, you know what? Not even. I'm not, no, I'm not even going. Okay. Uh, anyway, I uh, thought it was a good game on Sunday. Uh, I was actually impressed, even though most folks will just sit there and be like, it was the Texans. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was the Texans. Just like I give props. It, it, everybody, it, it, if you ain't playing in the NFL, then, I mean, hell, it's the NFL team. So, and you, you got to be a professional at all times when you're in the NFL. You just just don't any old body just go and play in the NFL. So uh, it's, it's just, it was good to see him get that win. Uh, hopefully, hopefully this is momentum uh, 
somewhere down the stretch. Uh, I think it sucks that it took this long to put something together like that. Uh, I don't know. Like I say, I, I I get depressed when they start went losing, so I'm I'm always out of it and everything else. But I mean, they sitting at six and seven right now, so we're tied up with uh, I believe it's Minnesota. Mm-hmm. next week so I I can believe and, and when the Packers win the North it, it just always sucks so it is what it is uh, if we get into the playoffs I don't see us doing anything significant but it'd be nice to see them just get into the playoffs I'd like to see them go ahead and take this momentum that they have win out these last three games and put a little niche in something man maybe they go in there they can they can Maybe they can play spoiler to somebody. Maybe they can, maybe they can go in. Really, go in. Go Vikings. You know what? <laughs> anyway, hey. <laughs> uh, hey. you know, I'd, I'd like to see the Bears play spoiler for once. I've I've never seen that in these years that I've been a Bears fan. I've never seen them spoil somebody's playoff run or chances of doing something better. So. Even in the case of them still kind of sucky this year, whatnot, hopefully they take the momentum into the next three games. Hopefully they can go on to Minnesota and beat them because Minnesota's actually just – shit, I kind of consider Minnesota to almost be like the Bears at this point. So, what, a year <laughs> ago, they was – shit, they was on their way to their Super Bowl and whatnot, and they just regressed. So, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they regressed more than we have and we could take the win. And then hopefully we can go down to Jacksonville and I mean shit Jacksonville, I mean come on, you, you can't really get you can't get too much better of a schedule down the stretch that could possibly get you into the playoffs, unless except for the last game being the Packers. But luckily, you know we're playing them at home, so it could make the difference. Even though ain't no real crowd, so it, that I guess that don't really help either. But hopefully, it just won't be a lacking like it was, and when they played them. Two weeks ago, so let's hope and see. Let's hope the Bears go ahead and do a little something. That I, it was a nice. It was nice to see them play well. It was nice to see Mitch come out and do pretty well. I, I'm glad he's putting together a resume for whoever he plays for next year. And uh, yeah, and keep on winning. We ain't got to worry about no high draft picks because ain't nobody no draft pick gonna come in and save us. We got some rebuilding to do. So I'm just looking for. I like it when they win. Makes the week go by better. So hopefully they can go in. They can beat. They can beat Vikings and whatnot. I feel even better. It'd be great. I don't know what y'all are saying. Well, if they win two out of the next three games, right? They they're gonna be talking about keeping Ryan Pace. They're gonna be talking about keeping Aggie. Okay, I don't care if they win all three of the next games. They gotta go. Okay, <laughs> we we see again how we're up thirty, what like thirty to seven, thirty three seven, and for some reason we're getting three and outs, all passes, right mm-hmm. in the late third, early fourth quarter. Why are we not running that ball? Why do we only have eleven rushes by Montgomery? Why? And what is supposed to be an emergency, emerging offensive line now? Why? Okay, he he keep he'll 
Nagy will regress and go back to things that are that are more suited for Mitch to do. But then you'll see those flashes where he keeps trying to keep that whole, you know, I'm trying to make it like KC, you know, mm-hmm. doing all this. Mm-hmm. Look, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're not going to be at the way we're built. We're not going to be successful without the run. We're not. And, and, we, and we have to have it. It helps with all those other things. Now, the great thing is Trubisky with, with them being scared that he's going to take the ball and run, he can pause a lot of defenses. Matter of fact, I don't think Mitch gets as much credit or any credit for that 80-yard touchdown run that Montgomery got. Because I looked at that replay over and over again, and J.J. Watt stopped short in his tracks because he was containing Mitch. And had he not, he'd have went straight for Montgomery. He may have not attacked him, but he'd have slowed him down. And I watched that replay over and over like, yep, he stopped because he thought Mitch might be taking that ball. So, you know, it, it's – but what I did see good in the play calling was, was that they ran away from from uh, from uh, J.J. Right? It, the first time I really noticed it was in the Rams game where they kept running straight in the Aaron Donald. <laughs> they just came mm-hmm. – the runs right up to him. It's like – yeah. Oh, now I understand who he is. You are you not seeing him on the field? Is he not? They were not <laughs> what, what's going on? Why do the runs keep going that way? And and I saw it as a pattern in the next games. In the next games, like they keep running into their best player. Why are they doing that? Not in this case, <laughs> right? They, they ran away from what? And when they did go at what, it was on a bootleg or it was on a rollout, and and it was a screen. So they got the ball in behind Watt. So what? What uh, the whole game had to think about what he was doing, containing Mitch had to had to think the whole game, and that's what you want, right? Here's another thing I haven't seen in the past few weeks, <laughs> right? But I saw it with 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 the play calling or, or however it was the the decision making with Foles, and I saw it when Mitch first came back, them trying to force passes double coverage to Mooney I kept getting pissed off because I just see Mooney is covered like I don't know what and they keep trying to force the ball right into him right and and it was horrible it was making me so mad I haven't seen that these past couple games I haven't seen it it's true you know and, true. and some of it is Mitch is scared to take that chance which I'm fine with I'm fine with Unless, unless the guy is wide open, hey, go for it. But if you think that you got to check it down, check it down, please. Because we got some playmakers, right? And we don't need Mooney to be that guy going up in double coverage. That's supposed to be out. That's not supposed to be Mooney. Mooney, you mm-hmm. get slants. You let him go across the middle, okay? You make linebackers have to cover him. That's how you free up Mooney. And when he is yards after the catch is what's going to make Mooney famous, not not running forty yards down the field with the safety up top. That's not that's not Mooney's game. You don't do that with yeah. him. He's so, not your Tyreek Hill there, Mister Nagy. Exactly. He's not. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. And quite frankly, we don't have the other weapons that we not yet at least. But you know, commit. Uh, 
commit. He's really emerging. And now I really kind of see why we did pick up. You know, at first I didn't like the pickup of, uh, oh, our tight end. Um, oh, what's his name? Mm. Jimmy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, Jimmy go, Grant. oh, Jimmy. Yeah, I didn't like that pickup. But now I see he's basically, he's molding commit. He's molding yeah. him. And, and uh, you know, he's actually doing, to me, a fine job of it. So, you know, I, I, I think, you know, that's going to be a great thing for us. So in this rebuild that I need to happen, which means I don't need them, I don't need them to win all three of these games <laughs> because they're going to start talking about keeping these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Our best chance is if they lose and then they let these guys go at the end of the season. That's what we need. Okay. Hey, they fired Lovey and one night, and he was ten and six. Yeah, but he was black too. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you still know how they do. Okay. Yeah, yeah ain't none of these people <laughs> involved in this situation right now black. <laughs> if they if they went out, if they if the Bears go to the playoffs, these people are here to stay. <laughs> yeah, we can't let this happen. But you know me, I don't believe that they'd be replaced by people who are significantly better anyway. So I don't know if I share your perspective that this rebuild would somehow be so much better. By by sheer luck, they have to get it right at some point. <laughs> by sheer luck of the draw. Okay. I think the I think the Bengals and the Browns have shown that you can repeatedly hire the most awful people mm-hmm. possible over and over and over and over again for decades on end with no end in sight. Well, see, we got a chance of Ted Phillips stepping down, and that's a real shot. Mm-hmm. But not if we win, it's <laughs> true. We win, he That's might true. say, well, I'll stick around here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> go ahead, finish that thought. Finish that thought, bro. All right. Calm down. All right. All right. All right. We'll see. We'll see, brother. I, I, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to next year regardless. I'm not thinking much about this year of Bears football. But, you know, we'll see how it all works out. Um. I want to thank all of you for joining us here at SJH Man Cave. We appreciate you spending time with us today. Once again, if you are a black business owner and would like to get featured as our business of the week, please make sure to send an email to info at sjhmancave.com. Any of our listeners will get a hold of us there as well. Remember that you can see this and other episodes on all your major podcast platforms. We are also on YouTube at SJH Man Cave. Once you're there, please hit that subscribe button, like, and leave a comment. You can also like, share, and follow us on Facebook at SJH Podcast Family. I would like to thank my two fellow podcasters, Jason and Hudson, for keeping it real. Until next time, this is your host, Samori, signing off.